authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of short nonfiction for authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Hello, authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with the one, the only author of Middle Grade One Wrong Turn and my podcasting Perth buddy of the Writers of the Page podcast, Shanae Maripodi. And on the horizon of her book launch and her first book, Baby, hitting the shelves, we chat the do's and don'ts of a debut author. Specifically, manuscript rewrites, rejections at the tender age of 12, writing groups, publishing house preparations for debut authors, contract to publishing and editing process, best and worst bits of being a debut, and Shanae shares her tips for emerging authors. So in my author adventure this week, I have another little picture book, funny little quirky thing that I have been inspired to write while I've been on the road and I have been playing around with it a bit. I've sent that on to my Squibby West Critique Buddies for review and uh, yeah, that, that's been like a bit of fun. I also received a rejection for my junior fiction work, which was sent out before the new edits for it have been applied. And I'm now feeling the pull of whether to abandon what I'm currently working on to go back and dig deep into those to hit a deadline which is looming for that sort of submission. And I guess I feel blessed that I do have so many ideas across the board, but it also feels like a curse because it's like one calls to me or the other calls or if I'm stuck with one and it feels like a it down to go across to the other but then I've noticed by doing that uh, you've got to sort of find the story again when you go back into it and you can spend time just getting back into that world to be ripped out again so yeah I always feel pulled in all different directions but I guess that's just my life in general (laughs) there's lots of facets to it so my freelance feature is now out the door I've been paid it's done and dusted and that will be out in the world soon which I'll share I think probably September when that comes out uh, my non-fiction books are still available for purchase which are author fears and how to overcome them and freelance writing quick tips for fast success and I'm starting to think about the third in the series and I guess that's coming about because it's mid you know it's mid-year uh well that's pretty much past mid mid-year we're almost in July now usually I think my process with the non-fiction has been to be starting it mid-year and then sort of uh, do drafts kind of finish it send it off to editorial and then I get it back to more start of the, the following year so I think that's maybe where that's coming from but that would just throw another spanner in the mix like doing doing that but um, non-fiction I find is it's easy to write because I'm all my non-fiction is from lived experience so it's just my experience 
sentences in certain areas that I'm sharing so the words just fly off the page I'm not having to delve too much into it but uh yeah I mean so far I'm just doing my usual cruising from between many projects on the go in various genres uh being a hybrid author basically hands and all pies So in caravan plans, we have extended our stay in Darwin by about three days just due to my husband getting some work. But yeah, what he what's happening with that is he's out with the car and I'm at the caravan park with the kids doing the homeschool and stuff like that. And because we don't have a car, we can't really just mosey around. We could always get public transport, but uh, yeah, we just haven't bothered just yet it's only been the first couple of days but you know it'll be a whole week that he's out and about so we'll probably venture out I think we were busy this week a program that the kids do is like a entrepreneurial thing and uh, so they did a lemonade and cookie stall today which uh, they kind of cleaned up actually they got about $65 <laughs> but they ha- they have to work out the ingredients cost they did that and obviously their markup on the product to the cookies and the lemonade and uh, yeah and what they make and stuff like that so no it was pretty cool it worked out quite well and that was uh, really fun. So there's just been lots of being around the caravan park, you know, using the facilities. They've got the jumping pillow here, they've got the pools, and uh, yeah, just just doing all bits and pieces, taking it kind of easy, I guess. Very falling into the Darwin way of life, which is uh, everyone seems super laid back here. <laughs> Thorn Creative, where beautiful websites for authors are brought to life. No matter what stage you're at with your writing, your stories deserve a dedicated space to shine. Whether you're just starting out or have a bookshelf full of bestsellers, your website is the hub of your author business, binding everything you and your books offer together. Thorn Creative can nurture all aspects of redesigning your old site or start afresh from the initial design. They can provide ongoing hosting and maintenance to marketing your books online saving you time, money, and stress trying to wrangle your site yourself. An author website built by Thorn Creative can easily direct readers to your favorite retailers, your publisher, or simply set you up to sell to them direct. The options are endless. Thorn Creative have worked with many authors across all genres and know what goes into good, functional working author websites to sell books. Head on over to thorncreative.com.au slash websites for authors to read author and publisher testimonials and to see what they offer and some of the sites they've created. Sinead Maripodi is an Australian writer and podcaster. She has worked in media for many years, currently for Channel 9 News and formerly as a reporter for Channel 7's Today Tonight, as well as online news and radio. Sinead's love of words is rivaled only by her love of dance. Combining the two, One Wrong Turn is her debut novel and it's out now. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Sinead. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting being on your podcast. We are absolutely honoured to have you. Congratulations on your debut. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like the countdown's been a while, but now that it's here, it's coming a whirlwind. Yeah, it's exciting. Well, you have achieved what 
every aspiring, well, not every, but many aspiring writer thrives to aim for in their career. Can you tell us about the process that you've gone through, you know, since signing your first contract with Fremantle Press for One Wrong Turn? Well, it's been, I guess, I, I always hate using the word journey, but it is one of those words. We, that we like just... our author adventure here. I know. Okay, we'll go adventure. It has been <laughs> yeah. an adventure, a bit of a roller coaster at times. I started writing this a few years ago, to be honest, but I had fallen into the trap of trying to edit as I was going. So it never really moved very far. And I had a full-time job at the time and used every excuse under the book because who wants to go on a computer at the end of the day or at the start of the day if they're going to be on one all day? And so it just was never really happening. And it took having a child and being on maternity leave and six months in going, you know what, I don't have that excuse anymore because I'm not on a computer. So I'm going to do something with my time. And while he's asleep, I'm going to write as much as I can and get this book going because it will kill me if it doesn't see the light of day. So it happened. And I wrote and wrote and as has become a really awful but big part of my process, I finished the book, submitted it everywhere, and then realised that I needed to rewrite the whole thing, which is unfortunately (laughs) what I do. And not because I sent it out on a first draft, just because I had really polished it and it was just missing a little bit of spark. And it turns out I had two lead characters and one of them I couldn't relate to as much. And there was a background character that was just really loud and she had Italian background to her and so do I. And I had spoken to Fremantle Press and they had rejected the manuscript and I had raised a point with them and said, well, did this bother you a little bit? And it was to do with the other character that I couldn't relate to. And they were like, yeah, we just didn't really feel that. And I was like, well, what about that character that's in the background? If I brought her to the foreground and at the time she was just had, I guess, Italian heritage. And I was like, but what if I brought her to the foreground and made her a migrant and, you know, gave her these challenges and did this? And they liked the sound of it. And they were like, go away and work on it and send it to us. We'd love to read it when you're done. Because I had already started because I had a feeling that it needed something. And putting that character in the lead starring role, and I kept my other main character, she was still there, but I used NaNoWriMo, the National Novel Writing Month, to give myself the kick up the bum that I needed to work quickly. And I rewrote the whole thing, including this character up front, and it just brought, it just came to life. She was what it needed. And it was funny how having her as a lead, everything changed with submissions. Like I got that yes, pretty quickly compared to before where I wasn't really hearing back from anybody because I can confidently say it wasn't a badly written book. It was well written. You just didn't have a spark to it because now I feel like there's a lot more of my personality on the page and my experience. And I think that was was what was lacking beforehand. I think it can be hard as well. Like, uh, obviously, you've cut, you come from like a journalistic background, and and I myself found like with my first manuscript, you sort of are editing as you go. You're polishing your writing. You're more probably focused on the delivery of how things are said more so than maybe all the elements that make up that story mm. as well, like a character that's that's grabbing or um, voice or or something like that. I definitely have found with probably about the five manuscripts. I have in my drawer <laughs> that that that's where I've gone wrong in the past but that that's good that you you know you could see that and bring that forward did you have like a writer's group or anything like that you were bouncing ideas off with for the book beforehand not done it all really by myself in that I at the time I started my 
own separate podcast because I needed a way to network with people. And I'm a journalist by career. And the way I go about things is that if I want to know something about a topic, I really research the heck out of it. (laughs) So for me, the podcast was that, asking all the questions I wanted to know. And it became a really good way of networking with people because I, as confident as I am as a reporter and interviewing people, I am not the person to go into a crowded room or to a writer's festival or even to a Squibby, the Society of Children book, Children's Book Writers and Illustrators, a meeting of those and just go up to people randomly and talk. I get really uncomfortable. So I need a purpose. And for me, that was the podcast. And that was my way of building my own writing network. But I never had a writing group. I met people through the podcast and I'd ask them after we stopped interviewing if I had any personal questions. A lot of them were very generous with their time and I would ask them about the submissions process more so. But I didn't really get anyone to read my work and I think it was not because I didn't want anybody to. I just never really found that group early on and even now, I mean, I've got a group that we meet here and there to just write but we don't really share our work that yeah. much we just did that <laughs> solidarity sitting there and having people going through the yeah. same thing so was this the is this the first manuscript you've ever written like in the children's side or have you got um, some stuff the on first, the go the first complete manuscript I had always dabbled like while I was at uni I had done one unit of creative writing and absolutely loved it but it was just one of those electives units that I did to fill up electives, not with any purpose of doing anything with it. So I had written the start of books and they just fizzled out. I didn't go anywhere with them. Although actually I lie, when I was 12 or 13, I wrote full manuscripts at that stage. But that, um, That's incredible. <laughs> For that age. A bit different. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, sure, you know, the imagination would have been there. And so the fact that you're even doing it at that age, you know, I think really says a lot. Well, funnily enough, I got my first rejection when I was 13 and that was from Fremantle Press. <laughs> and so it's been this full circle to have them publishing my debut novel. And that's kind of, it makes me giggle, but it's quite nice to yeah. really, I've still got the rejection letter. and Oh, that's amazing. Acceptance. Yeah. You should show that for sure around on socials. <laughs> oh, definitely. I think I did at one stage, but I had, uh, I've written a few picture book manuscripts and they were before I had written One Wrong Turn, but I don't know, picture books are just another beast. I, hats off to everyone who writes picture books because you'd think that having less words to play with, it would be easier, but my God, if there is a skill there that I don't currently have, <laughs> so they're just sitting in the laptop still, but this was the first longer for manuscript yeah that's amazing and uh it's funny to think about you being that age and submitting I wouldn't even think of any kids like actually thinking I'm gonna you know submit to a traditional publishing house it's amazing I think it was actually just by chance I think my parents came across someone who knew someone who worked at Fremantle Press so it was one of those type of situations and so they kind of egged me on and then in my head I built it up to well of course they're going to say yes because (laughs) Who wouldn't want to publish a child's work? That sells itself. The youngest person to ever get published. God knows it's probably been much younger than that. But lo and behold, they did not want it. And do you, I mean, do you still, you got the rejection. Do you still have the work though? I do. I still have the work. And because it got rejected, I actually printed it out on like A5 scrapbook paper. So it was a bit thicker and made my own cover for it and used like big bulldog clips to hold it together so that it looked like an actual book. Oh, I love that. I think that's awesome. And I think it's really cool that you can now as a debut author and you have one wrong turn and you can go into schools and, you know, you've got something to actually show them like that's you were a Well, I took it into actually. I did a workshop last year and I took it with me 
and I took I had put the rejection letter in my PowerPoint and I showed the booth at all boys school and I showed them and I was like oh and this is that book this is the book I printed out and made a cover and one of the boys was like why'd you do that and I was like <laughs> because I wanted it to look like a book like isn't that obvious and so <laughs> okay. apparently that's not what the average 11 12 year old does with their time <laughs> Hey, well, it's not. No, that's why no, it's no, so no. incredible. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. But it's funny that you say, you know, you even though you're in journalism and writing, that's the career and quite confident in certain ways. But to put yourself out there, say, with another group of writers and talk about, well, share your own writing, not so much confidence wise. So is that, you know, going on with Fremantle Press, how have they, have they sort of helped you to prepare yourself for making your debut in the sense of, I don't know, you're obviously a podcaster yourself, so you give interviews, but not conduct yourself as an interviewee, but anything that you need to practice or prepare or market yourself, has there been some do's and don'ts that they've said, well, let's do this, but don't say, do like, this. I, can... <laughs> <laughs> I cannot sing their praise enough. They have been the best publishing house to land with for my debut book because they really have held my hand through everything from the editing process, which I found really exciting because all of a sudden not having a writing group, having someone else get interested and invested in my work and use phrases like, oh, that character would do something like this. That sounds so little, but I remember still sitting in the meeting room and then saying that and going, oh my God, someone knows my character as well as I do. Like that's that's really big. So through the editing process, they were just amazing. But then now through the lead up, when we had the lead up to release, we've had all of these workshops that they've run for all of their authors that have a publication this year where they've talked through the marketing side of things. We've had someone from the media come out and talk to us about how to conduct interviews and how to be interviewed, um, what to expect in terms of booksellers and distribution and how all that works because that's all completely foreign to me. And I know that I think there was a bit of an expectation from their side where they're like, oh, you know, we've got this media workshop. If you want to come to it, I mean, you probably know how to be interviewed, which is really flattering that they said that. But I was like, no, this is completely different. I'm really comfortable asking questions. It's really weird being on the other side, particularly about talking about a book that is so personal. Like now the book being sent out to reviewers, the nerves that come with that is just really bizarre because, I mean, in journalism, we get feedback very quickly and quite bluntly and I've got really thick skin and nothing really phases me. I'm not even with the editing process of my book. I'm not precious about word changes. I just want to make things the best they can be. But now that we're published and people are reading it, I'm like, oh, geez, I really want people to like this. I've invested so much time in it. When I should have been sleeping, when the baby was sleeping, I was writing this book and it's just, it's stupid, but it's so important to me that people like it. And that pressure is probably not really good to go <laughs> to have because it's subjective. Not everyone's going to like a book. And I can reason that with what I read and what other people like and don't like, but gosh, it's just a funny feeling. Yeah, but it's very hard though. And like you said, it's so different. So I guess with journalism, then you're asking the questions and mm -hmm. you're almost getting other people's stories and sharing them. So it's not so personal, I guess, to you, but then your work, you, it, it's you, you know, that you're putting out there for people to judge and have opinions. And it is bloody nerve wracking. <laughs> It is. And like, as much as you can say, you know, it's fiction, these characters aren't me. I'm sure in most books, there's an element of someone's personality on that page. And if it's not actually, sometimes you read characters and you're like, oh, I can see a little bit of inspiration from that character, from that person. But aside from that, just the style of writing, like we've all got our own voices that we write with. 
And yeah, not everybody's going to like them, but that's where it gets personal as well. I'm like, oh, I want, yeah. I want people to like yeah. my writing style. <laughs> Absolutely. But, you know, Italian sort of heritage and, and dancer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty close to keep stressing to people because, yes, this is a book that's very heavily ballet based and it's set in an elite ballet academy with girls, that young girls who hope to be professionals one day. I have danced my whole life and done competitions and exams and all of that. I could never have been a professional dancer. I didn't get the name natural facility that made it an attainable dream. So I'm like, oh, I've got to disclose to people that, yes, I've danced and I know the ins and outs of it, but I cannot put professional dancer on my resume. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, just peddling back to what you said about Fremantle Press and them obviously being so helpful and and coaching you guys and stuff. That's that's incredible. Do you know if that's, I don't even know, I don't think that's I don't think that's the way of it with every publishing house, isn't it? Your Fremantle are pretty cool. I don't have anything to compare it to except for the fact that I am in this incredible debut author's group that we have formed. Anyone who's got a book out this year, this group organically formed and it's gotten very large and I can't keep up with it a lot of the time. But it's authors from all various publishing houses. And I think one of the special things for me is that obviously I'm based in Perth, Fremantle Press is in Perth as well. And so there's these opportunities to actually see them face to face. And I know a lot of the other authors that might not be in their city or their bigger publishing houses, I'm sure that they get some sort of guidance. And if it's not a direct workshop, I'm sure if they tapped their publicity person on the shoulder and said, hey, what do I do before this? From my podcast and the publicity people I've spoken to, I'm sure there's something there. But I don't know. I didn't expect all of these different workshops. And I've just honestly been that grateful because aside from actually learning things, publishing's a really slow industry and there's a long time between signing contracts and actually starting edits and then finishing having the book printed and the next stage. So these workshops have kind of been every few weeks and they just are kind of a, a reminder, if nothing okay. else to say. It's coming. Yeah, a book coming. It's coming. <laughs> I love that. I think it's great. How long was your process from the contract to publication? It was. It worked out to be just shy of 18 months. That's great. Which is kind of, it felt really long and it was what I had actually I'd always said to myself, because I had interviewed that many people and spoken to that many authors, that I knew 18 months was kind of a a standard time frame, 12 to 18 months. It's quite fast in hindsight. (laughs) Yeah. And then I got my contract and heard that I think I signed my contract in March and was told it was going to be out the following July. And I just remember going, oh, if you want it any earlier, I can work really quickly to edit. And it's stupid because publishing is its own beast. I'm not the only book, surprise, surprise, that's coming out from Fremantle so everything is scheduled and there's a plan for everything but it felt really long when I signed the contract and I remember there being a little bit of quiet before we started our first edits but it crept up really quickly time has flown and I think it's just because we get busy with life and other things and the editing process there's multiple stages to it so there's structural edits and I had I think I had one month and then My publisher, Kate, had a month to go back over it and then she sent me line edits and they were kind of more the track changes, specifics of each line and I had another month for that and she had a month and then it was proofs and that was quite a quick, I think I had a fortnight or something to read through it and just make sure that hopefully there's no typos. But because when you're talking month to month with things going back and forth, that's already quite a decent amount of time that's passed. Yeah. So... 
yeah, it just no, creeps up. Yeah, I bet it's, it's probably quite a good length of time as well for, say, a debut that is excited for it to get out. But like you said, you've got in these workshops, you're getting prepped, you're getting prepared. So then, you know, as time's going on, you're building up to it, leading up to it. But and then there's excitement and things. But I guess, like you said, when the book is making its way out there, it's a new experience for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then the self-doubt sits in and the, <laughs> and the, the, the worries and things like that. Which you mentioned, you know, you, you might have felt a little bit of how how are you coping with that? Are you just are you just hiding? <laughs> oh, I think I'm just always on like the tip of the iceberg about to fall in, to be honest. Between that and because I have really tried to keep with the tip I always heard from people was just always be working on something. So, you know, when you submit be writing something else so that while you're waiting, you're working. And that's really great, except for I am probably not the right way wired for this career, to be honest with you, because I'm highly anxious. I'm deadline driven to the point where I set myself deadlines and get really anxious if I'm not going to meet them, even though I'm the only person that's going to get upset by it. Hilarious. Um, Oh, (laughs) hilarious. Except that I now have like another book on submission while I'm also waiting for this to be released. So I'm just like a bag of nerves constantly. My brain is just moving faster than it should all the time. And I try my constant issue with this, call it a career, even though it's a bit of a side hustle, is that I want things to move faster than is realistic. You know, everyone says publishing, hurry up to wait. Well, there is a lot of waiting and there is nothing I can do to make submissions move faster, to make publish um, publication dates come closer. And I just keep running the whole time. So... <laughs> I'm just this stupid hamster on a wheel that is running nowhere. I feel like it sounds like you're in the perfect industry. I think you fit the criteria perfectly. It just, it makes me laugh as well that I had no discipline as a a sort of high school person. And then that everything this career is, it's everything I'm not. And I just laugh because I think it's there to, you know, teach us a few things. Oh, something like that. I was laughing with somebody recently because... I am very much, I like all my ducks in a row and I like to know that if I have a plan in mind, I've planned everything to a T and I've controlled every element that's possible and it's going to be fine. And this is not the industry for that because (laughs) no one else cares about said plan and you submit and you wait and you can't hurry anyone up. And it's, I liken it to motherhood a lot because that's also something that's thrown me off the bridge because you can't control things. It's completely out of your control. And so I'm like, these are just two elements of life that are just going to send me over the edge it sounds like I don't know you know controlling and stuff you might be a good fit to come over to the dark side into the independent publishing sphere and become a hybrid author in the meantime definitely not I need somebody to hold my hand but you'd have complete control while I have the control side of things I also am riddled with self-doubt so I also need someone to just go yes we've checked it and it's okay because like I do I send submissions out that I think are completely polished and perfect and then I realize that they're missing a key element so I could never self-publish yeah. because it would go out too early yeah oh well you get an editorial <laughs> team for that you hire your own team <laughs> that, I know make my own publishing house <laughs> yeah that's it as well well now you're out into the world you know you've gone through the debut process what are your tips for other authors who might be just starting out their debut fantasies I guess do you have any tips I think you need to 
Okay. And I'm going to stress this in a way that my tips are based on if you want to write to be published, because I know there are so many people that are just happy to write and it's for them. And that's absolutely fine. And they should carry on doing that. But I knew from the start that if I was going to write something, my end goal was to be published. I wanted to see it in book form. And so my biggest tip of everything is to prioritize time because everyone says that line of, I want to write a book. I don't have time. I'm busy. Everyone is busy. Life is busier now than it's ever been. And you're not going to just, time's not just going to appear. You have to actually set it aside. So, I mean, I probably take it, I can 100% say that I take it to the unhealthy level where (laughs) every single time my baby napped, I would write. And I know there were some days that I would be really teary because I'd be like, I am so tired. I just want to lay down, but I want this so badly that I'm my own worst enemy. So, I can't complain about going to write now because I want, I want it. this. <laughs> it's, it's give or take. And I mean, that's that's 100% not a healthy way to do it. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you know, think about how much time we spend scrolling through social media, on Netflix, going out for coffees with friends. Well, those are all great. And if you want to do that, that's fantastic and that's fine. But if you want to write a book, well, you need to sacrifice something else. Yeah. So that's that's my big tip, carving out time. And then I think it's just writing, particularly with a first draft. I'm a big fan now of just writing rubbish until you get to the end because otherwise, if you, for me, if I edit as I go, I'm never going to get to the end because I'm a perfectionist and I will just keep on perfection, perfecting that one chapter and that chapter will be really great, but it's not a book. Yeah. So now I just write, as the famous Christy Byrne says, you write fast and dirty get it out (laughs) (laughs) and then you edit it. It's much easier to edit rubbish than to edit a blank page. And I think those are my actual, those are my biggest tips. Yeah, and no, I think maybe be a bit kind to yourself. Yeah, is a lot kind to yourself. No, yes. those those are some fantastic tips, and I can absolutely relate because I was the same. And I found that going back and editing my work, it's like a procrastination as well, isn't it? It's just yeah. And some people it really works for. Like then they say, you know, I get to the end of a first draft and it's really polished, like it's good, it's pretty good to go. But I think for the majority of people, that's quite risky. Mm. And maybe down the track when you're when you've really perfected the skills of writing and you know that you can get to the end of a novel, then it's less of a risk. But when you're starting out, just to be able to achieve getting to the end of a first draft, that's huge. That's massive to write a full book, even if it's complete rubbish. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> it's re- it feels really unnatural though. Like I'm going for a process at the moment, and I've tried all different processes, but the same thing. Trying to just get the story like what you just said there and it just feels because I was writing and perfecting and things like that it just doesn't feel right it feels really uncomfortable but great like I think if you keep editing as you go then you go back and it's probably harder to rip apart that nice polished Mm. stuff that you've left behind and and make it better so at least having this crappy thing you might be like oh you know something to mold I hate that word as well but (laughs) Well, I find as well that during my first draft, as I get towards the end, I'm finally really figuring out my main character. So 
Then when I go back to start editing from the start again, I'm like, oh no, she would do this or she would say or think something like this. And I don't think I could have done that if I was just editing the same chapter because I haven't discovered enough by that stage. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, it's like like surface level, hey, like the Mm. language and the the way it's presented and stuff rather than like you're saying, getting to the end, knowing the story, knowing the character and then going back and and doing all the other shiny stuff. So that's cool. So what has been the best and the worst parts so far? Has there been any worst parts or not really? Um, is it your wave of anxiety? <laughs> I think it is the anxiety. And I don't think, sadly, I'd like to say that the anxiety is just a debut author thing, but I've spoken to so many experienced authors that have had like books and books under their belt. They've just done so much. And as a bunch, we're not so confident. Everyone is riddled with anxiety. So that has been the worst part. And just the, I don't know, it's really hard to know your own work and to know whether it's good or not. And I don't know, I, I hope that that element of self-doubt is a good thing because it makes me work harder. Maybe I'd be lazy if I was really confident. I don't know. But that's probably the worst part. And just, I think the unknown of what to expect as it goes out into the world. And book distribution is a really big thing in terms of when we've got a bookseller who's going around and selling to different bookshops. I had been under the assumption, I hadn't really thought about it writing this, but I'm sure a lot of people think that you write a book, you get it published and it's in every single bookshop, but there's a bookseller that goes around and bookshops either yay or nay it and it may not be on shelves. And again, that lack of control there where I'm just like, well, someone else is doing this and they're doing the best that they can. I can't force it into a bookshop. That unknown makes me a bit uncomfortable because I just, I don't know what to expect. So that's probably the worst part, but it, as you can see, it's all very much surrounding anxiety. Um, <laughs> the best part is honestly just holding a book in my hand that has my name on it. It is such a surreal feeling and I really don't think it will ever get old. Like yeah. it's just, oh, I have wanted this since I was a kid. Like I really wanted to be published when I was 12 and I actually became a journalist because everyone was like, oh, an author's not actually a career you aspire to like as a full time. So they'll like find something else that you can do with writing. And that was journalism. And so now to have a book that has my name on it, that I know how much work has gone into it. That's just, that's amazing. And I think that's what I have to keep reminding myself of as reviews come out, as I figure out which bookshops want it. At the end of the day, the book's done and I achieved that and that's just what I need to be happy with I think yeah and it's an incredibly beautiful book as well like you must oh, be thank like, you. Oh, I'm so excited <laughs> for you as well it's just it's just lovely so no congratulations on all your success it's fantastic and our listeners would love to know where they can uh, find you and discover all about it if you want to share where where they can do that yes they can find me on pretty much every social media my TikTok's embarrassing so don't bother going there I'm not very good but Instagram and Twitter particularly at Shanae Mar- Podi and uh, Shanae is spelt awfully. Spell Chenny, which is C H E N double Maripodi's M-A-R-R-A-P-O-D-I. So good luck to people finding me. If you type, if you get Shanae M, you'll find me. And that's also my website, ShaneeMaripodi.com. And that's got information on my book, my podcast, school workshops, pretty much anything you can imagine is on there or on my Instagram. Yeah, I can't imagine it's there'd be too many Shanae Maripodis out there. <laughs> I think there are not. As long, if you get the Shanae M, it, I'm the first one that comes up with everything. <laughs> oh, well, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Shanae. That was amazing. Thank you so, so much for having me on.
So there you have it, folks. The absolutely beautiful soul that is Sinead Maripodi. One Wrong Turn. It's a beautifully crafted book. So go out and get your copy now and give it to those little ballerinas in your life. And check out Sinead's podcast as well, uh, Writers of the Page, for lots of fabulous author interviews. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have award-winning children's author Meg McKinley on repetitive strain injury, RSI, and writers. This is one of the episodes not to be missed, as they all are. I wish you well on your author adventure this next week. That's it from me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.